This is Unplugged, 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 Unplugged. Welcome to this episode of Unplugged. This is episode 12 of Unplugged. Uncut, no edits, straight from the heart. Fresh off, um, I don't know, fresh off the oven. Uh, this is what we do with Unplugged is really, to be honest, to be transparent. Um, I use this as a space to talk about things that I, I, I see out in the world, um, things that uh, from my interactions with fellow believers and even some unbelievers as well. So this episode is very interesting because there is a lot that has really been on my heart. And as are so many, as are all the previous episodes of Unplugged, which is sometimes I go down this rabbit hole of, you know, after I talk to certain people, I go down this rabbit hole of asking God some really hard questions. They're not hard for him, but for me, they really had to understand. And I believe I'm one of those people that is always asking God questions that a lot of people are scared to ask. And I believe for me, that has really helped me to understand more things about the kingdom of God. I remember back in school, I actually noticed that uh, not all the times, but most of the times while you're sitting in class and afraid to ask a question because you would look dumb because it you, you didn't want people to judge you that how come you don't know that you didn't realize that a lot of people didn't even know yet as well, but everyone was, most of the students were scared to ask. And it's always those students. Sometimes that I think about it, that were bold enough to ask questions, even at the risk of being called foolish and dumb and stupid that you know they would always advance farther you know they would get you know good grades um again there seems to be some correlation between people who are not afraid to ask questions just because they don't understand um that's one of the things that are really was a challenge for me during my schooling years was I was never really confident enough to ask questions. It kind of started, I started getting that confidence as I was almost finishing college. So, but I did see that the more questions that I asked, even at the risk of being looked at as foolish, really 
opened up some things for me. And I have purposed, at least within this new chapter of my life, that I, especially since if I'm going to build my life, if I'm going to say I'm all in on this God, Jehovah, and believe that he exists and believe the things that I read in the Bible, I'm not going to stop there. I'm not going to stop at just, you know, some people are doing their Christian walk just as a, a safe, it's just a safe way, you know? There's so many things, so many questions they have about the world, but they don't want to ask those questions. You know, they're scared to ask God those questions. And so their relationship with God is limited to, you know, he, it's, it's like a, it's like a master and slave mentality, you know, as long as you know, I come in, I do my work. If he's happy, I'm cool. You know, if he doesn't, you know, I'm not going to ask him, how is your day? You know, I'm not going to, you know, if I'm not going to meddle too much, you know, I'm here to do my job. Some people have that attitude when it comes to your Christian walk. You know, I'm just here to pass through. There's so many things I don't understand. So, um, He's God, I'm nothing, so he knows all things, he knows what's going on, I don't know, so I'm not going to try and mess up uh, this safety net that I have. What if I ask questions and he gets angry at me, he doesn't like what I say, this, that, this, that, and so they're walking on eggshells around God. They are walking on eggshells around God. And that's why when they're confronted with someone of another faith, let's say a Muslim, someone who believes in Buddha, maybe someone who believes in uh, Guru, Guru Ginak or Guru whatever, all these other, you know, religions and faiths, they don't really have, like it's easy for someone, even an atheist, even a scientist who has never really read the Bible or perhaps who has read the Bible can easily out-argue them off of their faith. And because they may not want to, you know, they, they, you know, they can easily be out-argued. And because they don't want to mess with their whole, oh, like if someone out-argues me, you know, and, and they feel that, yeah, but they don't want to maybe offend that person by countering or, you know, like if they stand their ground, they feel like they don't even have solid ground to stand on, to, 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 to fight back in argument, you know, or in presenting facts. And, and someone kind of says, why do you believe that your God is more powerful than, than, than our God? You know, why should we follow your God? Basically, so 
for me personally, I've I've decided that at this stage of my life, um, after having gone through life, just always not wanting to mess with the mysteries of life and just continuing to sit on a mound of ignorance and not understanding how things work. Um, that's something that I've, that's an attitude or character that I've decided to rest and put aside. And if I don't know, I'm just going to say, honestly, I don't know. I think we should stop faulting people because they don't know. We should fault people who do not know and still don't ask. That is the problem. It's one thing not to know, but it's another thing not to want to know. These, these two different things here. It's one thing not to know, and it's another thing not to want to know or not to be diligent about finding out about truth. You know, it always amazes me, for instance, uh, if you get into these conversations of, um, of faith, you know, and people will read, people will read, you know, all seven books of the Lord of the Rings, all seven books of, of, of maybe I think there's, I don't know what, 10, 13 books about uh, Harry Potter. And when it comes to all these fantasy lands and all these things, people will actually spend time to read all of these books, know all the ins and outs, do research, read a book about a series, watch the TV show, read the books, know the ins and outs, create um create reddit forums create vlogs create blogs about fantasy fantasy series you know find create threads on social media on let's say tumblr or reddit about star wars where people actually going and they start to discover the mysteries of that series that the director perhaps put in as a mystery you know, they'll start to ask, why did this character know? Why did this character, you know, you, you find people who watch anime, some of these shows that shows that have been going on that are over thousands and thousands of episodes. And people spend time searching the mysteries of fantasy of TV shows, of novels, of book series, of all of these things. They form communities. They even meet in person to discuss these things. Wow. People meet in person to learn how to play specific games. People do this in when it comes to fantasy, you know, 
They do their homework. People who are in in the you know in in let's say the the stock market on uh, things like this, they will they will they'll put a trail. You know, uh, they 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 want to know every single bit about this company. They'll track the metrics. They'll look at history. They'll say this company was in that industry. This is where they failed. This is why they succeeded. People will do this. People will do this in the entertainment world right now where we have shows like Keeping Up with so-and-so, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, Keeping Up with this, all these uh, reality TV shows where people will track the ins and outs of people's lives. They want to know every single detail. Paparazzi is trailing people is trailing, uh, is, is trailing uh, celebrities, uh, or they were at this coffee shop six months, they've been wearing this same outfit, or they changed their outfit, it means they probably uh, are going with a new record label, or they mentioned this person in their music or in their movie, in, 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 in this new song, or did you realize that at, at 12 p.m. they were following this person but after the person said this about them at 12 or 3 p.m. they stopped following them his screenshots this is this is the detail to which people are seeking for vanity and fantasy and so when I went up to the Lord and I was, and I was saying, why is it that it just seems like there's a ceiling that we, that there's, there's almost like a ceiling of knowledge within the body of Christ or, or a ceiling of experience with you. Why, why, why is it that way? Why don't we have widespread um forums for christians on reddit that are just going in deep people meeting up just to discuss a specific chapter a specific book and things like this and and the lord and and basically this came from a point where i was in a place where i'm trying to stretch um my faith and my relationship and my encounters with god i want to be walking and living and breathing in the supernatural. So, especially for me this year, it has been a transition for me to, to seek the supernatural, to say, if this God is real, if what I read about him is real, then it's time for me to have supernatural encounters, not just one encounter, not just surface level. I mean, real supernatural encounters and asking the hard questions the things that people don't really want to confront they just they happen and people just leave them there you know how do you consolidate jesus giving us a blank check in john chapter 14. in john chapter 14 
verse um from verse 9 all the way i just read from verse 9 up to yeah it's very powerful again it starts off in in this context and i think it applies to basically what is going to be the theme of this unplugged episode Thank you, Holy Spirit. I feel like I didn't have enough. I only had like a few points, but I feel like the floodgates have just been open for me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So this is the blank check. For me, these are the things that keep are keeping me up at night. These are the things that are disturbing me. These are the things that I don't really hear other Christians wanting to confront the blank checks that we have in scripture that we still haven't cashed in on. People are trying to do the math and figure out how to, how to, how to, how to cast die, you know, perfect the art of gambling. Las Vegas is cashing in on people, man. Now gambling on everything, every game, different things, sports betting and gambling has become the second highest addiction in North America next to pornography and addiction and drug use and overdose and all of that. So now we have pornography, drug use, and now we have uh, uh, bait, uh, sports betting and gambling. But for me, the things that keep me up at night are things like this in John chapter 14, where Jesus says, verse 12, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the blank check and then just kind of expound on it. Jesus said, John chapter 14, verse 12, this is a blank check. It says, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Verse 13 is the blank check. It says, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. He even, he, he puts two lines on this blank check. This is not a blank check with one line on it. Because in verse 14 is the second line on this blank check. It says, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Wow. He says, verily, verily, he's doubling down. I say unto you. He that believes on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Man, that is a blank check. 
And so for me, that's keeping me up at night. Honestly, my spirit is stirred up. I'm like, Lord, I, why aren't we doing greater works than you did? He says, the works that I do, you shall do. And the works that I do, you will do. And greater works than these shall you do. That is mind-boggling. But also the answer is in the precursor to saying the works that I do shall he do. Because he says, verily, verily, I send to you, he that believes on me. He that believes on me. So, Jesus was raising people from the dead. Jesus was healing people, you know. Missing body parts were growing back. Sickness and disease were cast away. Uh, mental health issues were getting dealt with on the fly. And I'm asking myself, Lord, why aren't we doing these exploits? Why? This, this is a blank check, guys. This is a blank check that we're still... As a body of Christ, I almost feel like we should even have a, con a, a convention just around John chapter 14, 12, 13, and 14. John chapter 14, verses 12, 13, and 14, and say, and it's almost like we all call a meeting and just say, everybody came to a steal. Just like, stop. Stop. It's kind of, it'll be like, you know, it'll be like someone walking onto a, like a factory plant and says, shut every machine off. The products that are coming off the line have a defect in them. We need to get to the bottom of this. We need to get to the bottom of some of these blank checks as Christians. We need to get to the bottom of these things as Christians. And say, everybody stop. Every church needs to, to, to do a self-introspection and say, everybody stop. What did Jesus say we can do? Why are we not doing it? And just present the question as is. It is not one person, not only one person is to blame. So when I'm asking this, why aren't we? I'm not even using the, I'm not saying, why aren't you? I am including me and I'm saying, why aren't we? Like the pastor should say, guys, th this can't continue. It, it can no longer be church as usual. It can no longer be business as usual. Everybody stop. The pastor comes in, he, he, he comes and says, I know you came in for Sunday. You came in to church today thinking it's the same thing. It says the menu, the menu today has been changed. The menu today is why aren't we doing the exploits that Jesus talked about? And we have an honest heart to heart. Because what I see happening right now is this is what has happened. The world has gone deeper 
into its own dimension of vanity. That it has made it so lucrative that it's harder for us as Christians to resist it. Because for them, they have gone deeper. They've gone on an adventure into the realm of vanity. You know, that we're going to track celebrities on souls, what they ate. We're going to do a real life house, uh, uh, keeping up with them. We're going to do a reality TV show about their family, about this. We're going to track every second, every minute. And going through that path becomes a point of curiosity for the masses. Right? We're going to do a pre-game interview. Find out what's this person's routine. How many hours do they sleep? How do they treat their body before the game? What do they do? What do they drive to the stadium? What do they wear? What do they eat? How many hours do they sleep? They're trying to find out what are the things behind why this person is this way. And it creates, that's what content is. Content, for the most part, is just going deeper into the realms of vanity or of curiosity. Now, some content is not all vanity. But most content is vanity. But somehow, vanity has captured our imagination. So, a picture is no longer enough. Now, a video is also no longer enough. About it, Before, it was a picture of you on the beach, right? That, okay, I went on a vacation. And back then, you only had capacity because of limited uh, resources. You had to minimize film so you could not just capture, take as many pictures as you could because film was expensive. So you could only take one for, you, you had to pick and choose what moments to capture. Okay, so then it no long, it's no longer about I'll only show you one picture from my vacation. I'll show you 50 pictures. So then 50 pictures wasn't enough. Then it was like, okay, I'll record a video of an incidence of, 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 of I'll, I'll do a video that captures a moment of me at that vacation. Then one video wasn't enough. Then it turned into now a series is that I'll capture a video of, hey, I'm going to the Cayman Islands. This is what I'm packing. This is what I'll eat on the trip. This is what I'm going to dress up as. I'll be there for seven days. I plan to do this on day number one. On day number four, I'll do this. Then it turned into a video that captures not, no longer just the end, but now it's a video that captures the pre, that captures the before, the moment, and the after. Do you see how I mean? So there's three dimensions of content vanity. There's three dimensions that content took. That content went from just one moment to a few moments to several moments now to everything in between. To capturing before the trip, all the way during the trip, 
I'm on the flight right now. I'm checking in. Here's the plan. This is the weather. I'm on the plane. This is my hostess. Now we've arrived. I've arrived at the airport. I'm going into my hotel room. I'm going to change. I'm going out to the, to the water. I'm going out to him. Lunchtime. I'm going to. So it's now, it's no longer about the destination. It's now before the destination, before the event, during the whole event. And even when people come back, they now do my experience of this. But it's like, wait a minute. You just did a whole bunch of videos capturing before, during. And now it's like, well, there's still room for more content. Just in case you didn't know you needed to know more about me. I'll hear my thoughts about my experience eating pizza at this location. And somehow this curiosity, this, this deepness, this deeper dive into the realm of content and vanity has now captured our imagination and it's hard to resist it is hard to resist and i'm sure there's some people who struggle with it that's why social media is selling social media is a drug now that's not my main point today but it seems that i did not know that there was like my gun was this loaded i thought I only had a few bullets to fire, but turns out there's more that the Holy Spirit wants to say in this episode. So I'll just roll with it. So this going deeper, everybody is going deeper into the things that are of importance to them are not of importance to them, you know. But the point is, everybody's going deeper, minus one category of people. Everybody is going deeper. The people, the celebrities are going deeper into attracting people to them with the illustration of content distribution or content availability about themselves, about their lives. You know, movies are doing it. Musicians are doing it. Uh, anything that sells vanity is doing it. Minus one group of people. And sadly, it's Christians. It's Christians. You see, because Jesus knew the mysteries of the kingdom, because Jesus showed up and and, and displayed marvels and wonders that people had never seen, it was inevitable that people just had to flock to him. And the more understanding and study I do on the kingdom of darkness, on the satanic and demonic world, is these people are going deep, man. These people are going deep. So everybody in the world right now, every people group is going deeper. Even the people who are pushing our morals, who have opened the floodgates of immorality, are also going deeper. Before it started out as, you know, um, you know, love is love. But now it's turned into 
there should not even be an age restriction, right? So every person who's doing anything to push their agenda, to push their interest, has opened the floodgates of their own dimension. So these people are now saying, we want to see to what extent we can push the boundaries of morality. That a 36-year-old person and a 10-year-old person still counts as love is love. Every person has opened up the floodgates. Every person is going deeper. But Christians are not going deeper. We're not going deeper into the realms of the spirit. People that operate in the kingdom of darkness, people that operate with the power of Satan, people that rely on that, know more about Satan and the workings of his world and how to invoke power and authority than people within the kingdom of God. It's a fact. And I've just had to accept it. And I've hold my, I'm holding myself accountable as well. I'm saying this cannot continue, at least in my own personal life. So I'm up at night. I can't rest. I can't sleep. I'm twisting and turning and saying, Lord, what is happening? What are we missing? What can we do? This cannot go on. How do we as Christians have access to the greatest mysteries in the universe and we haven't even scratched the surface? Every power of darkness, every principality, every kingdom, like the kingdom of God rules over all kingdoms. The kingdom of light rules over the kingdom of darkness. But the people who want to thrive through the kingdom of darkness have gone deeper into the realms of the kingdom of darkness, into the realms of spiritual wickedness to be empowered more than we Christians, we the children of light, we who believe in God, that we are willing to venture into the deep realms of the spirit. So God has been opening up my eyes and saying, you, you guys are not turning it up as other people. Because right now we are reaching a moment like happened at Mount Carmel, where where there was the prophets of Baal and Elijah. And we are going to reach this crescendo. And my prayer is by the time we reach a moment of showdown, and you can feel the world right now is closing in on what we're going to call a showdown between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness, between morality and immorality, between vanity and um the opposite of vanity the word has the, the word can't come to my mind right now and i hope that when the people who are operating in the kingdom of darkness who are thriving because of the part of wickedness i hope that when they someone us as christians to show up at mount carmel for a showdown i hope they will be Elijah's that will show up. Elijah had enough of it. Elijah had enough of debating between which God is more powerful. We're still at moments where we don't even know, like, 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 like we have fallen so far off that we have all these religions that feel that they can contend with the, with the God of the Bible. 
when even if you took based on historical record, none of their gods has ever shown up and done those amazing wonders. Every religion, whether you want, want to believe it or not, every religion, if it doesn't have historical facts, put it aside. Christianity, yes, we may not, the power of God, we, we may have fallen off in learning how to invoke the things we read about in the Old Testament and things of that nature, or at least in the early church. But trust me, at least there's a historical record that there's a man who was called Jesus Christ that walked on this planet, that he was died, that he was crucified, he died, and he was buried in a certain place, and that tomb is empty. And there was about 500 people that saw him walking for the 40 days that he walked on the earth before he ascended back to heaven. There's historical records of those things. But we have these people who don't even have historical records of their fates. And now because we have lost the, this influence of invoking the power of God, invoking the kingdom of light, the kingdom of heaven, that these people think that all religions are the same. They're saying it's all the same. This, <laughs> this should not even be a contest. There is historical evidence and facts. If there is historical evidence of people like Alexander the Great, who lived 330 years before Christ, how are you going to tell me that the historical records of people who lived before Christ are more accurate than historical records during Jesus' time? You'd be foolish. You'd be foolish to believe that nonsense, but you have people have been deceived. So the records before Jesus walked on the earth, those records somehow are accurate and we can rely on them and we can address them and use them as reference points in our, in our, in our historical existence. But then the records that would have been easier to keep 330 years after those things happen, when Christ walked on the surface, that we should throw all those historical records away and not look at them as facts and evidence? But some Christians don't even know that. But the point is, the point, the point of this of this episode is, is I'm startup and I'm saying what is wrong? It is time for Christians to go deeper into the realms of the spirit. It is time. It is time. It is time to say, I'm tired of just having a normal, nonchalant Christian walk. I need to walk in the power of God. I need to experience this. And it's the, like, like all bets are off right now. That's why you have to not get to the point where you ask uncomfortable questions. I feel like every Christian, at least all of us in our families, we should have a record whereby at least all of us, we've had a family member raised from the dead. Why not? Jesus said, the works that I do, you shall do also, even greater works than these. It should, it should be a normal occurrence that as Christians in our families, like someone's pronounced dead, like we are able to bring this person back to life. It should be a normal occurrence whereby we even talk about it like, oh, yeah, my, my auntie or my uncle or this person. Yeah, we showed up and they were ready to bury them, but we said, no, 
we still want this person around. But you see, people are not willing to ask those questions, right? It's safer to just say, you know, it's a time of grieving. It's a time of mourning. It's always better as Christians to just say, you know, it's all in God's plan. God knows what he was doing. Uh, you never know. God has a plan. God has a... But he, he's saying, he gave the disciples power. He told them, raise the dead. But this is a thing that we're not ready to confront as a body of believers because we're scared. We're like, what if it doesn't work? Well, let's try it out. Let's find out why we're not raising the dead. Why are we burying every person that dies? Why are we just going to put them in the grave? When Jesus showed up four days after Lazarus had died, he was stinking and told the man to come out. But you see, it's comfortable. But you see, the people who work in the, the people who are in the power of darkness, the people who are invoking Satan, the people who are relying, who are going into deeper realms of vanity, to them, all restraints are off. They're not afraid to ask these questions. They're not. The people who are invoking the power of darkness are asking these kind of questions. They're asking everything that they don't know about their God about evil spirits, about demonic power. They are, they, they're going deeper. They're saying, does it require sacrificing my son? Does it require making this sacrifice? They're doing these things. They're waking up in the middle of the night and invoking demonic authorities and powers. And Christians, we're sleeping. We're sleeping. We're still saying, um, I'm a morning person. We're still saying, yeah, I need eight hours of sleep. Yeah, I need seven hours of sleep. I need my sleep. And then we complain. When you wake up and these people groups that are saying love is love, that someone who's 36 years old getting into a romantic relationship with a child who's 10 years old is still love is love. And they're pushing the, the, the pushing the boundaries, the limits, the restraints of morality. They want all of them off. And people are seeking the power of darkness like never before. People are now into new age where they take these chemicals and substances that they, that whereby they feel like their spirits can be suspended to another dimension and read energies and do these people invoking charms and, and all of these things. And so I find myself at a place where for me, I can no longer shy away from these questions and ask God, how many people are we going to bury in the grave? How many Christians are we going to see also die of cancer and just say it was God's plan? You, we don't know. How, how do I consolidate greater works than these shall you do also? How do I consolidate this blank check? Whatsoever you shall ask me in my name, that will I do that the father may be glorified in the son. Is, is, is the father tired of receiving glory 
how much more glory would the father receive if a person was raised from the dead and everybody knew it? Everybody was showing up to the funeral and a, a, a believer stood up and said, no, enough is enough. We're not going to bury this person. Rise up and walk in the presence of people who don't believe in God. How much glory would that bring to the kingdom of heaven? So for me, the restraints are off right now. I am asking all these questions. I am not holding back. I am not scared. And if, if, if you're feeling that way, if you're tired of hiding on questions that you cannot answer and they are burning you, it's time to bring them to the surface and fess up and ask God, why, why, why? Because he's the same person that said in Daniel chapter 11, Daniel chapter 11, verse 31 to 33. In fact, verse, 30, verse 33 says, No, verse 32 says, But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. So do you know if your God can resurrect people from the dead? Do you know if your God can 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 cause someone who doesn't have who has lost both their limbs in war? For those both those legs to grow back i mean if the bible is telling us that these things are true if jesus performed these miracles isn't it time that we sit down as a body of christ and say why aren't these things happening why what are we missing isn't it time to go back to him and say you say this we are not seeing it happening where are we missing it if if, if god sends us a new report and says guys i am tired i no longer want to receive any more glory then we rest our case. But as far as I know, he's the one that said his glory he will share with no one else. He'll not share his glory with any other God. Why are we going to keep sweeping everything that doesn't happen in the body of Christ under you know, we don't know God's time. It wasn't God's will. Why? How do we consolidate these blank checks in the Bible? It's a fair question to ask. I don't know all the answers, but at least I'm stepping up and saying, we should start asking ourselves these questions. Because it is in knowing what is available to us that we can do exploits. It is in knowing, does the God we serve still do these miracles? Or is it of the past? And if he does, how can we access them? How can we position ourselves that in a season, that, that in a new age, that people will be drawn to the deeper realms that Christians are uncovering about their God? Trust me. If you have a video of someone being raised from the dead without a shadow of a doubt, it, you've got enough following. You've got enough followers. That's all you need. One person raised from the dead, you got, the whole city will come to you. But we're now falling to the levels of the world where we're going to do a vlog that captures before we go on a, before we go on a vacation, what we're packing, what we're going to wear. 
to what's going to happen on the vacation, to what's happening on the vacation and a video before and try to get 10,000 followers. That's where we fall into. About our eating routines, our workout routines. When there's levels to which you can have more followers than 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 Cristiano Ronaldo, than LeBron, than Beyonce, you can have a billion people following you because you are a walking resurrection machine of the dead, resurrecting people from left to right. You're showing up at uh, Ami Barracks at a veteran's um, housing unit and every veteran that came back from war with limbs missing has all their limbs back. You send them back to their families. You enter into a mental health institution and every person with mental health is discharged because of the power of God flowing through one person. Why? This, this is, for me, these are the questions I'm asking. I know I don't want cheap popularity. I don't want cheap popularity. It doesn't fascinate me anymore. Cool workout routines, cool food routines, cool dieting routines, cool outfit routines. It doesn't phase me anymore. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. Why don't Christians start up a new realm of content? Why don't we start up a new dimension, new social media movement? of content, of healing, of deliverance, of real power. People so drawn into fantasy. As I say, you have groups, organizations, people will travel to meet for Harry Potter get-togethers, Lord of the Rings, all of these books, series, Game of Thrones. How come we're not doing the same? These are the questions I'm wrestling with at night. These are the questions that are disturbing me. This is why food no longer tastes good to me because I feel there's another realm of, 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 of fulfillment that my spirit can no longer be satisfied. The best steak in town can no longer do it for me. It, it just can't. Even my dream car would not do it for me. Even my dream house would not bring me satisfaction. It is so far below what my spirit has now sensed is accessible to us. The people who are practicing the power of darkness are venturing out deeper into the realms of darkness. And I can't sleep but ask, Lord, why not us? If we have access to the mysteries of the universe, of the world, if, if the God we serve is the God who created the universe, he's the one who created Satan before he was Satan. So God can tell us the workings of everything about the satanic world and how to defeat him. God created principalities, dominions, although most of them, not most of them, but a good number of them have been turned over to the power of darkness. If the God of the universe that we serve, the God of the Bible, Jehovah, El Shaddai, if this is the God 
that indeed created this universe and knows the beginning and knows the end. He's the Alpha Omega. Man, what a luxury we have to the greatest mysteries that the world is seeking for, that scientists can't figure out. Why aren't Christians the ones who are tabling these things? And then you'll have NASA saying we need to hire that Christian guy. He knows about the mysteries of the galaxy because you ventured into the deep realms of the spirit and God has shown you how the universe works, how many galaxies are there, why the black hole is the black hole. If people are seeking the deep things of the demonic realm and they're discovering mysteries of the of the of, of, of they're going they're plummeting they're going to the depths of wickedness why don't we go to the depths of light why it can no longer be business as usual i am tired and sick of it and i know there's some other people who are tired and sick of it why is it asked to know uh the the latest um um inappropriate inappropriate uh song why is it that we are the ones who are being drawn to music to a new style of music to a new to a new to a new dancing style that only invokes nudity and arouses sensuality why aren't we the ones who are also using our powers on our end and saying, okay, we will also arouse you, but in the opposite direction. You see, Elijah had enough of it, and I'm reaching that point. Elijah had enough of it. He was tired of people saying, oh, all gods are the same. All, you know, all religions are the same. He said, that's it. He said, let's go up to the mountain. He said, that's it. He said, everybody call your God. He said, he is a sacrifice. Let everybody call down fire from heaven. And if your God does not, we kill you. That's what they did. The stakes were that high that it was in a moment where people's lives were saying, he said, enough is enough. Now, we're not going to kill people. But I'm saying we need to have we need to start having those showdowns. You say, okay. So what do you believe in? You believe you believe Allah? You believe Muhammad? So okay. I believe Jesus and I believe Jehovah God. I believe Jesus is the son of, 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 of the Father. Okay. So let us all go to a hospital ward. You go, you lay hands on the sick, you call them on the name of Allah. I'll also go to the hospital. I'll call on the name of Jesus. And let's see. It's that simple. There's no need. There's no need for us to protect these gods. If the God of the Bible is who he is, who he says he is, if he's all power, if he's Alpha Omega, if he's omniscient, if he's omnipotent, if he's omnipresent, there's no need for me to protect him. If your God is as powerful as he is, there's no need to protect him. If you need to, carry your idol. Let's go to the hospital. The point is we have to get to a point where truth, we, we, we don't start to say, leave your truth. 
No, there is a truth. But we're making accommodations to everything. We're making an accommodation to everything. And we're losing truth. It cannot be true that all gods are the same. It's, not, it's impossible. It's, it cannot be. They all have different books. All of them have a different starting point. Some of them don't even have, others don't even have historical records to back them up of what they say they did. So these are questions that we need to confront as society, but we just can't keep sweeping things under the rug. We just can't keep doing it. If we want to settle the question, is it my God or is it your God? Let's go to the hospital. I believe my God heals. You believe your God is also as powerful, is it? Okay, sure. You go to that side of the hospital. I go to the side of the hospital. Let's all call on the name of our God. And let's see which sick patients rise off the bed. If yours don't and mine do, case closed. You know that you're believing a lie. And I'm believing the truth. If yours does and mine doesn't, I'm believing a lie. And yours is the truth. We go with yours. It's as simple as that. This is what Elijah did. He said, everybody call down your God that you believe in. And let's have a showdown. So it's time for Christians not to, to stop pushing aside the things in the Bible that your life is not walking in and you sweep it to the side. It's time to say, why isn't this happening in my life? How many family members are you going to attend? How many funerals in your family are you going to put up with? When we have a blank check, when you have a blank check, that says, heal the sick, heal the blind, raise the dead. He didn't put a limit on it. He didn't say you only have to do it one time in your lifetime. He said, raise the dead. So how many Christian families are going to keep burying their loved ones? The point, we don't want to confront these questions. We don't. We've, we've put them in a category of mysteries. Of, ah, don't go there. Oh, it's God's will. We do not know. We love to use the word we do not know. Okay, how do we consolidate saying we do not know when in John chapter 14, verse 26, Jesus said, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you. He says we have the power of the Holy Ghost to teach us all things. And, and he said also in 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, he says, But you have an unction of the Holy One, and you know all things. He says, But you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. That's a mystery. That's a blank check right there. So for me to be to go to bed at night and be okay 
that there's things in my life that I don't know about, but I'm okay not knowing about is foolish. When he says that there's something in him, in me, that knows all things, that calls for a journey of discovering the mystery of what I do not know about my life. That calls for a journey of discovery to say, Lord, your word says, I have the unction of the Holy One, of the Holy Spirit, and I know all things. Well, right now, as it stands, I'm in a situation and these things I don't know about it. But you said I have access to the information. I have access to the mysteries, to the unknown surrounding this situation because the Holy Spirit knows all things and he can teach me all things and he can show me all things and bring all things to my remembrance as well. And say, this is the mystery around my life right now. Lord, I do not know this. So you go on a journey of discovery. Everybody else is doing it, minus Christians. Everybody else is going deeper into the dimensions of their unknowns deeper into the dimensions of content creation, deeper into the dimensions of immorality, deeper into the dimensions of um, wickedness. People are interested in the supernatural and Christians have access to the ultimate supernatural. Why don't, why aren't we invoking the supernatural in our lives and shut this thing down and shut the doubters down and be the ones who draw people to us and be the ones who are drawing the followers. Once again, we're not ready to confront these questions. We are not. So I've just picked up the habit of asking these questions saying, Lord, honestly, this is what's going on. I don't know, but you know, what's the deal? What's going on? Why is this like this? And my confidence is building and building and building because I'm tired, man. I want to walk in some supernatural stuff. In Matthew chapter 11, chapter 13, verse 11, Jesus made this statement very powerful. We're talking about mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. He said, so Jesus had taught a parable about the the parable of the sower and the seed. And after he taught this parable, in verse 10, and the disciples came and said unto him, why speakest thou unto them in parables? In verse 11, Jesus said, 
He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given. So there you go. You already have a head, you already have a head start. If the people who don't believe in God, well, they're already on the outside looking in. They don't have access to the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. You who believes in God, you who's who's who who has made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, you who's part of the kingdom of light. For you, it is your responsibility. It says, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. It's your responsibility. It's your calling. It is, should be your sole life duty to find out the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. The mysteries that surround the workings of Jesus. Why? We have still failed to cash in on these blank checks. Here's, a, here was, here's another blank check moment in scripture. This is from the book of Mark, chapter 11, verses 20 to 26. So Jesus had cast a fig tree, and the fig tree was withered up. He cast the tree, and he said, He came up to this tree, he was hungry, and the tree had no figs. Jesus answered and said unto it. So, this is another mystery here. So, so it says, And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. So Jesus was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if happily, he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For the time of figs was not yet. He found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. He spoke nine words to it. No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard. Now, there's another mystery there. Jesus answered and said unto it, What? So the tree, not having figs, was a type of communication to Jesus. And just Jesus answered to the tree. That's another, that's another eye-opening thing that you might not see there. The scripture says, he answered unto it and said, so by the tree not having any figs, it was speaking to him. And, and it was telling him, I will not give you food. And in his mind saying, I created you, and if you have leaves, you should have figs. So there's some laws that you're disobeying. So he was speaking to it. That's what the scripture says, he answered unto it. The tree, so the disciples didn't, they might have missed that. In fact, they missed it. 
That's why the blank check comes in the next couple of verses. He says, he answered unto it. So the tree not being productive was speaking to him. So your bills are speaking to you. Your bank account not showing, not being sufficient to supply your need is speaking to you. The bad things happening, the, the bad text messages, the bad emails coming into you are speaking to you. So you need to speak back to them. Anyways, we'll get into all of that. So he's a blank check. And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter calling to remembrance, this is Mark chapter 11, verses 20 to 26. Verse 21, and Peter calling to remembrance said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cast is withered away. And Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. Okay. That's, a, that's, that's probably like the, the check number there. Have faith in God. Now, here's how big the line is. This is the blank check. Mark 11, 23 is a blank check. In fact, Mark 11, 23, 24 is a blank check. He says, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain. That is a blank check. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. There's, that's a blank check and that just needs, there's so much in that scripture. But that's a mystery there. That's a blank check he handed us, but we haven't yet cashed in on it. It says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. This is another mystery, something we don't like to. It says, whosoever shall say to this mountain. And then verse 24, he says, therefore I say unto you that what things soever you desire. That's another line on that blank check. What things soever you desire. When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. That's a blank check. The question is, are you ready to start asking God about why are, are you, are we ready? I've already, I've already included me. Now I want to ask you, are you, have you reached a point in your life where you're saying enough is enough? It's time to ask God, why is it I am not cashing in on these blank checks in your word? Why? Why? What am I missing? What do I need to do? How do I need to position myself? Reveal to me, oh Lord, reveal to me what is wrong. It's time for us to ask these tough questions. It's time for us to ask these tough questions. So in the next, um, I feel like I'll do a part two of this. Um, these scriptures that I wanted to touch on to talk about this whole thing of mysteries, some interesting mysteries 
that I've really been coming across, you know, things that I'll, that I'll, that I'll share, that'll make you think, say, hmm, mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. And I actually feel that I'll, I'll do a full on series and start going through scripture. And it will be like a series of rhetorical questions of like, this is a mystery. Like, we don't know why this happened. And perhaps it will become homework assignments for you. And I'll just point out some things that I'm discovering saying, this is a mystery. And I'll bring it to your attention. And then hopefully it picks your interest enough that you can run with it and go and find out. There's so many mysteries in the Bible that as Christians, we need to start pulling together and say, you go and find out the mysteries in the book of Daniel. You go and find out the mysteries in the book of Matthew. You go and find out mysteries in the book of Mark. Right now, we need all hands on deck. This is no longer about going to church and hearing a preacher preach a good sermon and, 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 and just to motivate you. The days of motivational preaching are done. It's time for power. It's time to stop turning church into just a Sunday where you go to get pumped up. No, it's time for us to go all hands on deck. Everybody stop. What are we missing? Everybody, it's time to work. It's time to work. It's time to turn this Bible upside down. It's time It's time to turn every scripture upside down. It's come to that point because everybody else around the world, every people group is doing it. Every other faith is doing it. The people who are invoking the power of Satan are doing it. It is time for us Christians as well to pull together and start seeking and turning the tables on every mystery in the book of the word of God, the living God, Jehovah, El Shaddai, Selah. This was Unplugged. We hope this episode blessed your heart. Your host for today was Calvin Cavanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode.